Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Here's Dr. History. You know, Zeb, you need to have a bigger driveway because my limousine just won't fit. I noticed, and I'm sick and tired of you driving over my lawn. Come to think of it, that really happened a couple of years ago. I've been careful. I've been careful. So I'm going to start out to say hi to three of our listeners. Mark, who uh, appreciates and likes our stories. Chuck, who is actually down in Arizona near the Superstition Mountains, and he's suggested we do a story on the Pleasant Valley War, so I'm going to look into that. Another guy, Michael, has suggested the name of a guy I've never heard of. His name is Jim White, and he is a buffalo hunter. So those are going on my list of stories to talk about. By the way, right there in the desk in front of you, I laid another idea for a story out that I want you to take with you. Okay, I will. You know, you've got a great following, and I enjoy having this on my show every Tuesday, and I'm sure, as a button, that you're going to have another good story this morning. I'm going to hope so. Who's this one about? Okay, well, I'm going to start off... Okay, look at this book, book, Zeb. Oh! Okay, so here's what the author says. Quote, Black Cowboys of the Old West highlights the accomplishments and achievements of black cowboys, giving them the recognition they deserve. Dip your mic up just a touch more, if you would. How's that? A little bit more, yeah. Uh, A lot of people don't realize, when they watch the old uh, 1960s show called Rawhide, where they were driving the cattle up from Texas, all all the cowboys were white. That's not the case. (laughs) No. That wasn't the case. So today we're going to talk about a guy named Jesse Stahl. Have you ever heard of him, Zeb? I never have. Jesse Stahl. Okay, no. you, you'll you know a lot more at the end of this well, <laughs> story. Well, I'm sitting here. <laughs> okay. okay, picture this. Okay, the gate opens, and the thrust of glass eyes first jump out of the pen nearly gave Jesse Stahl a whiplash. It was clear from the onset that glass eye... The horse was a rank as rank a horse if Jesse had ever met one, the most vicious, wildest bronco he had ever ridden. Hmm. Now, none other, none other than the great bronc rider Jesse Stahl stood a chance of staying on this wild horse. So we are at the Salinas Rodeo in California, and back then it was dubbed the Wild West Show of 1912. Right. In Salinas. Rodeo. Rodeo. <laughs> Rodeo. No, 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 no. No, seriously. Uh, at Salinas, it's called Rodeo. Rodeo. The California okay. Rodeo. All right. Yeah, well, they changed the pronunciation. Okay, well, it lived up to his name. Yep. So, now, the object, and you know this, Eb, of bronc riding contest was to stay on the horse the longest time with no daylighting or letting light show between the saddle and the cowboy seat. The first jump out of the pen held the most potential for raking up the highest score, as you know, as the cowboy comes out, he has to uh, uh, spur, right? A lot of things have changed, yeah. Okay. Well, now, good old glass eye, this horse, he bolted. 
out of the pen. He came out kicking the lid off and did not stop the entire ride. His front legs lifted off the ground. A split second after his back legs, his body twisted back and forth in midair, landing him in the exact opposite direction from which he had begun the jump. The fans at the rodeo went wild. At the top of his jump, Glass Eye would roll his body, suspended in air, turning his belly toward the sky while throwing his head to the right and left. And as soon as he landed on the ground, he continuously swapped ends, bucking forward, upward, one direction, and coming down, facing the other way. Every time the horse hit the ground, he went into the air in the reverse uh, area. The th- this Bronco would do something uh, unpredictable every few seconds. And he was sold as a kid's horse. <laughs> Jesse's right hand had a death grip on the reins and his left arm flapped in midair while holding tightly to his hat in true stall signature style. Now, I'm going to show you a picture of this horse. I want to see that. Okay. Okay, now you just take a look. That That was old glass eye. Now, you've seen a lot of bucking horses, Zeb. Was that taken at Pendleton? I'm not sure. Oh. Uh... I don't, it doesn't sure. say, huh? It says Colorado, I think. Oh, okay. So, anyway, so he here he is. Well, old Glass Eye, he could gyrate in more directions within a 15-foot diameter than seemed possible. But Jesse's split-second timing allowed him to stay on the horse. The horse reared up on his hind legs so high that it was in a nearly vertical position. Now, that's when you get a little scared, Jim. A little. Of coming over backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Stahl stood straight up in his stirrups. He held on for dear life, almost like he was defying gravity and hoping the horse would not pull a fall back, uh, you know, intentionally falling to the ground on his back. Well, just as Glass Eye's front feet landed, he was back in the air, changing position, spinning around. In a You're making me sick. <laughs> spinning around <laughs> in a circle. Uh, anyway, somehow Jesse maintained his balance in this 180-degree turn. I mean, Jesse synchronized his spurring action to Glass Eye's gyrations with perfect timing. Now, keep in mind, with all this, he's still spurring that horse. This guy's a pretty good hand. He is, and, and you'll know more here in a little bit. Well, good old Glass Eye was a force to be reckoned with. This wild bronco seemingly had an endless reserve of energy. Then suddenly, Glass Eye unexpectedly quit out of pure exhaustion. Just gave it up. Not a moment too soon for Jesse Stull. Anyway, wow. so the pickup man, he rode by, and he quickly, uh, Jesse quickly swung onto the horse behind the rider. So Jesse had unknowingly achieved national fame. Really? It was the most spectacular ride ever witnessed. I mean, it was just, uh, just with that description, Zeb, I mean, you've seen a lot of horses, Buck. Can you but, imagine, though, in today's rules of eight seconds, how good and how long that horse would have yeah, lasted? and it doesn't say how long, yeah. but it had to go on yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. But, you know, the fans were just, uh, they just erupted in uh, applause. And, and anyway, Jesse obviously was the winner of that oh, contest. Obviously. So anyway, so Jesse seems to have appeared on the rodeo scene uh, out of nowhere. He began riding in 1912 when he was about 30 years old. Uh, you know, that's kind of almost getting too old to ride. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. 
But uh, some say he was born in either Tennessee or Texas, while others claim he came out of California. He was said to lack a southern drawl. Uh, various sources claim Stahl was born in either, oh, 1883 or 1879. They just don't know. Oh, my. But uh, nothing is known about his childhood other than he had a brother named Ambrose, and both brothers joined the rodeo circuit, but only Jesse went on to fame and, and some fortune. Now, Jesse's physique and his confidence kind of intimidated his opponents. He had long, sturdy legs, which he was able to wrap around the Bronx uh, flanks, which prevented the poor bucking horse from upending him. He was six feet tall, 225 pounds. That's big for a bronc rider. Yeah. But he was a lean, mean, horse-fighting machine. <laughs> you know, and perhaps Stahl came by a skill through hard work that was given to the African-American or the black cowboys on a ranch. Now, I didn't know this, Zeb, and I don't think you did either, but while the white cowboys ate their breakfast each morning, the black cowboys were given the job of topping off quote, topping off six or more yeah. Broncos or wild horses that had yet to be broken to a saddle they, or harness. They or were bit. not invited in to eat until after the whites had taken the horses and left for the work. Yeah. Yep. But consequently, some of the best bronc riders were the African-American Absolutely. boys. Yes. Yeah. The rough break in a horse took two or three rides before it was broke, and Jesse would have had to ride the wild right out of the horse before another cowboy would even come near it. So uh, he, he took the fight out of him. Uh, and when the other cowboys saw Jesse in action, they just shook their heads in admiration that wow. he was such an amazing guy. Now, you said he came from Texas. Well, they're not sure. I see. Not absolutely sure. But, now, Zeb, I'm going to take a chance and bet you have never heard of this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. The art of hula handing. Oh, yeah. You've heard of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, okay. This was invented by Jesse Stahl. I didn't know that. And he would, wow, sell out audiences with exceptional performances. Now, this is how it went. Mm -hmm. Jesse was the master hula hander. No one could perform this like him. So here's how it happened. A raving mad bull was snorting and bucking the sides of a pen at one end of the arena. At the opposite end, Jesse was mounted on his horse, waiting for the signal to begin. He cantered his horse around the arena a, a few times in a nice, smooth, easy gait before the, before the audience. But he would check his ropes, tighten his gloves, gather his courage, kind of mentally getting prepared, and it was him or the bull. When the signal was given, the creaky gate unpinned the bull, and all eyes shifted to, from stall to this huge 2,000-pound bull that wasn't in the best of moods after being kept in a corral for Imagine a little that. while. Yeah. So uh, this good old bull bolted out of the gate and then stood still until it spotted Jesse on his horse. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. The bull snorted, pawed its hooves, and ran full speed ahead. Well, Jesse made a wide circle around the arena, raced up behind the bull, and with just 
perfect precision. He timed his jump perfectly, leaping from his horse onto the back of the bull. He forcefully landed on the bull's neck and grabbed both of its horns with his hands. Instantly, Jesse shifted his weight to the left, pulling the bull's left horn down with him. Now, the forward momentum of the bull continued back but at a kind of a different angle. Now this trick jammed the bull's horn into the ground with such force that the horn dug a deep hole. Yeah, and then flip them. Dug a deep hole and rooted itself like cement into the ground. Yeah. And the hula-handed bull sat ear to the ground with his body twisted awkwardly. Jesse raised his arms above his head. The audience went wild, <laughs> and the bull could not get loose. Yeah. Its horn was stuck yeah. in the ground. And it was not until the cowhounds carefully freed this furious, defeated bull that... The was... word carefully. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to have been on that team. Anyway, I had never heard of that, yeah. Zeb. An amazing feat. Well, basically, it was the beginning and the birth of the event called steer wrestling uh, right eventually yeah but anyway one day something went really bad with uh, his exhibition well i can imagine <laughs> he successfully hooli handed a bull but unfortunately the bull snapped its own neck oh killed the bull not long after that another accident happened to another bull so hula handing was outlawed I see. no more which you know, I, I don't know that anybody could do that nowadays, really. Well, no, it's not a question of who could do it. It's who'd want to. <laughs> That's another good question. <laughs> so here we have, uh, in 1917, Stahl set a steer wrestling record uh, at the three-day Pendleton Roundup in Oregon. And his record stood for many years. He was a phenomenal athlete, which, you know, you would have to imagine he was a good athlete. Well, yeah, 225 and over six, six feet. feet. Yeah. A pretty yeah. solid dude. Yeah. Now, Stahl had a friend by the name of Thomas Ty Stokes, and he was also another African-American rodeo great, and he was from Kentucky. He was an expert trick roper who could keep six ropes spinning at the same time. Jesse and Ty were contract headliners who amazed audiences at rodeos and expositions all over the country with their trick riding. Now, here's one of the trick rides that they did. I would love to have watched this. It's called uh, Jesse and Ty's Suicide Ride. Okay. The, word, the, no, the word suicide always leads one to think of, ooh-ooh. What is going to happen? <laughs> yeah, right. But it drew big crowds. So here's what they did. The two cowboys would ride one bucking horse together, sitting back-to-back. One rider faced forward, the other faced backward. The confused bucking horse did everything in his power to throw them. Jesse and Ty took turns alternating positions as, you know, each required a different skill to stay on. Well, they received a great deal of notoriety over this trick riding, which earned them $25. And some other cowboys tried to do the same thing, but nobody was ever able to do better. 25 bucks. Okay. And you're going to say, how much is that worth? Right now, today, it would be nearly $300. So that's not a... It's not nearly enough. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> not to get on one even straight forward. Anyway, now, here's another trick that he had. He knew all the horses in a rodeo by name. And he knew exactly what to look out for. He could tell a great deal about a horse by how it came out of the pen and entered the arena. Now, some came, came out bucking, kicking, twisting, or pitching right out of the box. Others ran first and then bucked. And there's, you may have heard of this one, Zeb. A cloud hunter is likely to rear up 
Yeah, and a frog walker had short hops. Yeah. I never yeah. heard that before. But anyway, saddle bronc riding was uh, Stahl's favorite competition. It was the principal event at a rodeo and also the most popular among the fans. The rules were simple. The rider had to hold the reins in one hand and not touch anything with his free hand. The cowboy who stayed on the bronc the longest. You know, that's won. that's where I'm glad the rules finally changed. Yeah, I, I, they ran through a lot of horses. Yeah. By the way, what year was that? That was 1917. 17, yeah. okay. But... Uh you know, and they had to ride the horse to a standstill yeah, until like the horse stopped. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jesse Stahl was revered by rodeo fans. They turned out to see him, and he was hard to beat. Uh, when competing, Jesse made a nice living, but unfortunately, rodeo was predominantly a white sport. Mm-hmm. Okay, Now, any cowboy, white, black, or Mexican, could enter a contest, but this didn't always guarantee that everybody got a fair shake when it comes to the competitors. Some white cowboys refused to enter a rodeo if they had to compete against Jesse. And the promoter sometimes asked Jesse not to compete, but just to give these ex- exhibits, exhibitions. And really? Stuff. Yeah. And Did he they was, pay him for that? Yeah. And he was actually paid quite a bit as a contract performer uh, rather than a contestant sometimes. Uh, now, there was... A particular time, Jesse did not get a fair shake because of his race. He let the judges know it. And this was the case at a rodeo in John Day, Oregon in the 1920s. Oh, my. After coming in second place in the saddle bronc riding contest, and it was well agreed upon that Jesse should have won first place. He didn't complain. He didn't say anything. The exceptionally talented rodeo performer simply got on a second wild bronc named Tar Baby and rode it backward with a suitcase in one hand as if to say to the judges, I'm going home demonstrating to the judges that he knew he'd been cheated out of the win. And from then on, the audience insisted on seeing him ride a bronc backward with a suitcase in one hand. (laughs) Holy moly, this guy was He was something. He was something. Anyway, uh, Jesse enjoyed all aspects of the rodeo. He was a hard worker. And a lot of times he could be found among the cowhands when they were putting up the pins of the corrals or taking them down. He wasn't just a prima donna, you know. But there were... a lot of rodeo greats, but Jesse Stahl kind of set the standard of performance and continues to be respected by uh, rodeo riders across the country to this day. But uh, there was a time when Jesse Stahl put on quite a show at the San, Ard- San Ardo Rodeo. I've never heard of that. A-R-D-O, San Ardo. Where was it? I'm not sure. California? Uh, Just not sure where it is. But anyway, he'd drawn a wild uh, horse that was known for throwing any rider that attempted to mount it. And when the horse's blinds were pulled off, it went full-blown crazy to upend Jesse. The bronc would jump sideways in the air with all four feet off the ground. And then it would spin and come down as hard as it could. Jesse held on and answered each jolting motion. Hang on, you know, at last. Now, by this time, they shot a, a gun off, okay? So a uh, the blank cartridge went off, and the ride was over. And after the pickup man got... Stahl safely out of the way. The spectators ran out to congratulate him uh, and shake his hand. Okay, and Jesse humbly responded to their enthusiastic reception by saying, "Quote, well, folks, I'm a long way from home and I'm broke. I had to make a good ride." 
<laughs> so, just a, again, a, an amazing athlete. But uh, his peak riding years were 1919 through 1923, uh, when he was in his late 30s or early 40s. Wow. And he retired in uh, 1929, died in 1938. So, had to be. Where did plugged. he pass away? Where did he live um, the rest of his life? Not sure. I I, I'm going to say maybe Oklahoma because. Because uh, it sounds like he spent a lot of time up here in the Northwest. Yeah, but he was posthumously inducted into the Oklahoma City Rodeo Hall of Fame in 1979. Oh, my. And he was only the second black cowboy to receive that honor. I wonder, and I would have never known because I didn't equate with the name, but I wonder if he's in the uh, Oklahoma City Cowboy Hall of Fame. Well, that's where he, that's what I just said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is in there. I see. And, but he, and there's only two. That are in there. That, wow. Yeah. Jesse Stahl. Jesse Stahl. S-T-A-H-L. Yeah. So, you know, he kind of ended his career in 1929, so, you know, 90 years ago. But uh, what an amazing athlete. Uh, yeah, and today there's just a plethora of great black athletes involved oh, yeah. in rodeo. Yeah. Lots of You see that them. all the time. Yeah. But, uh, again, you know, the, you look at the professional rodeo people, especially in the in the riding events, you know, when they hit about 30 between 30 and 35 they're about and, yeah 35 and you know then they're starting to think about other things that are less hurtsome <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know as a chiropractor Zeb, i watch those guys uh, on the saddle bronc and every time that horse jumps forward and their neck flips back uh, uh, well it's a dangerous game playing with large farm animals <laughs> <laughs> it is i've come off a few horses in my day and luckily uh, i'm still yes. here to talk about uh, it yes but uh, those of us that are in their 70s still haven't learned, like me, <laughs> still yeah, play but, with them. Yeah, but you probably have a well-trained horse that will not buck. Well, one never knows on a cold winter morning. That's true. Yep. That's true. Yep. But I did not know Jesse Stahl. That was a good story. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about Nate Love, uh, uh, Bose Icard, Isom Dart. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a list of the names that they feature in there? Yeah. I was just curious see. in that book if they had a list of names. Yeah, we've got uh, Nate Love, yeah. Robert Lemons, Bill Pickett. Jim. Bill Now, Bill Pickett, of course, invented oh, yeah. the uh, steer wrestling. Right. And he did it in quite a different fashion, but yes. he's synonymous with that event. Yeah, Jim Perry, Charlie Willis, uh, let's see, George McJunkin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, That's so a good book. It is. It's got some great stories in here about these men that were great athletes. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. History with an entourage and a very, very worldwide audience that listens and hangs on every word. There you go. Thank you, Zip. Thank you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.